Hello, this is Dr. Nancy O'Reilly, and you're listening to Conversations with Smart, Amazing Women. You know, I've been talking to smart, resilient women for years. They have so much to teach us about, so many areas of our lives. They can help us with our relationships, our business, our health and fitness, and, of of course, our self-esteem. Now, if you want to know anything about practically anything, you ask another woman. Now, if you've been listening to these conversations, you know that I've been interviewing leading women since 2007. These women are so amazing that I chose 19 of them to co-author my book, Leading Women, 20 Influential Women Share Their Secrets to Leadership, Business, and Life. And you can buy this in, at Barnes & Noble, Amazon.com, or any bookstore. It's, it's on the shelf, so please go take a look at it. Now, if you haven't bought yours or you know a woman who needs a nudge to become a leader, then you need leading women. Now, today my guest is Dr. Sheila Robinson, the founder and publisher of Diversity Magazine. I attended one of the most inspiring conferences I ever, ever attended. Having grown up African-American in the South, Sheila worked hard to face down diversity and achieve early career success at DuPont. When her division was sold, she she launched a professional magazine for women seeking career and advancement. Now she has won more more awards and honors than I can even begin to mention, including being named one of the top 50 women in magazine publishing for her significant contributions. Her new book is called Lead as Example, an, an insider's look at how to successfully lead in corporate America and entrepreneurship. It's a privilege to talk with Dr. Sheila Robinson. Uh, Sheila, welcome to Conversations with Smart Amazing Women. So happy that you are here. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. And Nancy, as I all as we always say, this call is about us today. And I'll share how I'm contributing to the us. It's all about women helping women. Well, we we know that you're. I mean, we I think we both know that. We're all in it together. You know, there's a saying, Sheila, if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go all together. And I love I, it. I think that's what we've been doing. And, and uh, after attending your conference last year, it was just absolutely amazing. And the uh, the collaboration and the connecting and the, the, the term that I began using over and over again was the, the term inclusion is, a, mm-hmm. is exactly what it's all about. But... I want to start with you because your story is so significant. You know, often we look at women. I'm, I know you, you've done it, and so have I. I've looked at someone else who I think, boy, she sure got it all together. She's she's pretty. She's smart. She's got a great job. She's got a great career. And you know, I look at her and I go, it must have been so easy for her. I mean, I know personally that that's not the truth because behind every woman who's successful in doing the things she loves in her life, she had to make. She had to take a journey. She took a journey to get where she is. So I would Mm -hmm. like for you to share your journey to be who you are today. As Dr. Sheila Robinson, whom I'm speaking to, how did you get to be who you are? Oh, thank you so much for that wonderful, warm welcome. You know, as I think back to to be able to sum it up without, you know, telling I was born, da-da-da, I think that overall that I am just that type of person that believes in focusing on solutions, you know, rather than problems. Like some people see the glass half full and half empty. And I've always had that half full mentality and I'm going to fill the glass up and, and, and go out and find out 
how to do that. And, you know, fortunately but unfortunately, a lot of my journey had to deal with a lot of adversity in my life. And so that's another thing that I'm all about, how to turn um, adversity into opportunity. And and that just goes back to that just happens to be the type of person, my makeup. You know, I, I know in one of the studies that uh, classes that I worked in, it says, are you a born leader? Are people born leaders? Or do you learn to be leaders? And I think it's a little bit of both that some of the, the skill sets and the, the our, our physical makeup of how we address things, I think some of that is um, what we're born with. But for the most part, I believe that, you know, the rest of it is learning. So, you know, that's my story. I, I was born to be a type of person that always looking for the positive and happy medium, but my journey full of adversities forced me to try to turn those adversities into opportunities. As I said, I am a psychologist, and one of the things that I would have people come in, they say, I want to change, you know, and, I, and of course, the, I always laugh a little bit. Change is not easy, but, but mm-hmm. you know, you don't really grow during during the great times in your life. You don't grow when things are going along smoothly and everything seems to be rolling in the right direction. We grow during the tough times. We grow when we're challenged, and we grow during those times of adversity. So, mm-hmm. can you share? Mm-hmm. Can you share some of your issues as far as adversity? Because I know as women, we've all had these issues, and people in general have these issues. Because we nobody gets anywhere without some work. Okay, I'll I'll, I'll share a couple of little short ones. Like I I wrote a book, Lead by Example purpose of that book was to share a little bit about my journey and how I handled things not knowing that these were leadership skills. To start when I, you know, I'm from North Carolina, I went to a predominantly white school that had never had a an African-American cheerleading captain before. And, you know, my team wanted me to be captain, and not because of my color, not because of, you know, my gender, but because I was able to get along with everyone, and I still had that happy, guys, let's do this, oh, we ought to do this, always thinking about how we can be the best that we could be. And they were like, this is who we want to be our captain against the, you know, the thought of the, you know, our cheer teacher wanted it to be someone else who, you know, she thought of who she wanted in her mind to be cheerleading captain, and it wasn't me or any other individual of color. And so they really fought to make me captain by almost making her think that they were voting on someone else, but they voted for me. I became captain. This was my first real painful experience of realizing that what I looked like and who I was and not what I brought to the table that I could possibly have have these type of problems in my life. And so each year the rival schools, and I went to one of the biggest schools in my city, that they put a picture, a big full picture on the newspaper of the captains, the two captains of the rival schools, and the two cheerleading captains of the rival schools on the other page. And you're talking about full in-color newspaper to kick off the football uh, season. And uh, she didn't call me. She called the co-captain. And the co-captain went and took the picture. So it was two things wrong there. You know, that she she did that to me that, you know, 
it was just wrong in all all words. I've never been so hurt in my life. And then the second thing was the co-captain knew that it should have been me on the picture, but they said they didn't find my phone number or whatever. But what I did with that, Nancy, is I was determined that this cheerleading squad was going to be the best in history. And we made history at that school. We went to camps for the first year. We did stunts. We did amazing stunts that we became such a great team that people actually that were playing us came to the games to watch our halftime routines. And I left that year graduating as a senior with such a rewarding feeling of even though I was so wrongly done because they didn't want me in that position, but I turned that adversity into a great opportunity for the cheer squad and for the women that believed in me. That was one of my first experiences at adversity. And the second one was in my career, and I think that the language from unconscious biases from working with predominantly white men, that a lot of the languages they use, today we call it unconscious bias, but my immediate supervisor in a dream job at an organization I worked for told me that I would never be anything but a secretary in that organization. And I, I was shocked. Yeah. I was shocked, you know, that somebody would even tell me that. And he did not even think he was doing anything wrong. Wrong. That was his way of telling me there's no room for growth. Yeah. There is no room for growth. There's no opportunity for yeah. growth, but that was the language he used. And so I said, well, this is not the company for me because right. these are organizational barriers that I am facing. And I immediately started looking for other opportunities, but this person was replaced within probably less than a year of that conversation before I could find another opportunity and the guy that came in was recognized my talent, my energy, my personality, my character, and he ended up pushing me forward in team meetings, giving me additional roles, and I ended up making history at that organization, getting probably over a period of almost a promotion a year, five years, I ended up working on a global marketing team and being recognized internally as a director of our marketing programs. And so those two things are major drivers in, in the work that I do and who I am today. Yeah, I relate to all that because along my journey, I had people that would tell me that, well, who do you think you are? You know, I mean, it was kind of, it almost amazed me. In fact, I know congratulations is in order. I want everybody to know that you just received your doctorate, which, of course, is one of the, the biggest challenges. They, they never tell you that, but it's the biggest challenge and one of the biggest accomplishments that a person can, can actually achieve is to receive her, her doctorate. You walked up and received that, that diploma, so congratulations. But even when I was working on my doctorate, I remember this. Uh, I would have women, especially women, and, and I think th this part I want to talk a little bit after I finish this part, but, but I, I would actually have women kind of say to me, who do you think you are? What about your family? What about your other, you know, almost as if why do you, you know, why do you think that you, you should achieve? Why do you think you should be successful? And it's, it's interesting that there are people in the world and, and there are other women in the world that really aren't really pleased about you being successful or being or, or achieving. And I, and I think that's why I, that's actually one of the reasons why I do what I do, which is Women Connect for Good is to help women uh, to be successful, to connect with them, to support them, 
and to help them to achieve their dreams. And and I think you, by what you've said, too, is that there are those people that, that come into our lives, as you said, you know, it can either be chaos or it can be opportunity. And I think the, the thing that has been great for me and probably great for you is that I've always looked at that, well, wait, wait a minute, <laughs> that just tells me that I've got some work to do and I'm going to use it as an opportunity to, to create change and make the better world. And that's what you've done with this book, and that's what you've done with your your conferences, which I know you're getting getting ready to gear up in October again for in Baltimore. But you know, some of the issues that you talk about in the book, I think, are extremely important. It's women's whole concept of leadership. You know, mm-hmm. I, I I was involved with an organization which was called FLIP, Female Leaders in Philanthropy. It was actually women uh, in a, a philanthropic endeavor. But some of them said, well, I can't join that organization because I'm not a leader. And I think this is something that, uh, you know, I don't get. I don't understand that women really have difficulty with power. They have difficulty with just the whole concept of leadership. And I think this is a great book for women who are thinking about becoming leaders because it really is. We're all leaders. Every one of us are born with significant talents and abilities to become leaders, but it's amazing to hear women say, well, I'm not a leader. I can't do that. I think that's what my my challenge has been, uh, just help to create that path for women to say, wait a minute, what what are your dreams? What do you want to accomplish while you're in this lifetime? You know, what what do you think you want to be, want to do with your life? So, you know, what what how do you address that? Well, that's the medicine, what you just said. I call that medicine. What, what I have experienced with women uh, over time is that we, and I include myself in it, we are so fearful of failing, yeah. fear of rejection. We also are concerned about not being successful. We're concerned of the naysayers to say, who do you think you are? So it's easier to sit on the who do you think you are side of the fence than the go do it. And so what you just said is what I have realized, there are women that are sitting there that we sometimes, I don't know if culturally that we have been so beat down as to be, you know, servants or uh, the caretakers that we've never been culturally developed as this is a leadership role too, that that mindset of I can't do it. And so the medicine is to educate, empower, and and actually expose, uh, help women realize it's there. Well, you just did it. Oh, you did. You just you just showed me how big of a leader you are. And you know you you can see the aha. You're right. You know I am a leader. But you know you did say one thing earlier about women that come up to you that say, um, who do you think you are? I had a little bit of experience with that 20 years ago, but it was because, again, that fear of them going to look like that something is wrong with them. If I want to advance and I want to be a leader, then you're going to make it look like something is wrong with me because I don't. All I want to do is come to work 8 to 5 and go home and cook dinner and be a husband and a wife. And so it's, it's easier for me to make it look like it's something wrong with you than to make it look like it's something that I'm lazy or or that I don't want to aspire to be more. And so all of these mindsets we have to alle- alleviate by helping people to understand 
that leaders come in all sizes, shape, all races, cultures, and backgrounds. It's inclusive even across borders. You can be a leader as an admin and a leader as a CEO. It's, they're all leadership roles. My administrative assistant is one of the greatest leaders I know. She's phenomenal. If it were not for her, I would not be who I am. So, yeah. you know, you could talk to talk about leadership in different contexts. A mother with her children is a leader. She helps her. She influences how her children go out in the playgrounds and play with others, and, and she influences how her children goes into the school um, house and influence others. These are anytime you have the power to influence something that's going to impact your community, society, and world, you are in a leadership role. And so I think it's educating everyone. Like you said, the inclusion, everyone needs to be educated. And then I want to end on one thing that I share with people, that I've not gotten where I am today because of people that look like me, that are women, and that are African-American. I've gotten where I am today because of men, women of all races, cultures, and backgrounds. And what it has taught me to understand, it's not your your race, gender, or culture that determines who you are. It is your character and the type of person. And I always tell people that what someone says or does is a reflection of who they are. And what I say or do is a reflection of who I am. Yeah, I, re- I really like that. I, I like that a lot in the book. But and I what I, another thing I really liked about your book, Sheila, was also the fact that you're dis- you know you really spend a lot of time talking about dispelling myths. And I think that's part of it too. Is that women have to begin, as you say, we have to we have to ed- be educated, but we have to go out and educate as well. The only barriers that we're creating are the barriers that we create ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. I think that's something that. I'm learn. I've learned, and I'm learning more and more each day. I just came back from a, a women's economic forum in India, and I have never seen such inclusion in this group. I mean, it was amazing. You know, after being there several days, I started to think, well, how does this feel familiar to you? And the, that familiarity came from attending your conference, by the way, in Florida. Wow. Because. The, the 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 feeling at the conference that you created or your team everyone created was really again that inclusion was felt that understanding was felt that the women that were and the men that were attending that conference were there to be an individual but to be a part of a greater whole and I really mm-hmm. I mean when when you get around people that really understand that and really begin to understand that I'm better with you I'm better with this person. I am stronger. I have more resources. When I put all these people in the room together, I can do anything. I can do absolutely anything. And I think the women, again, that you brought for your keynotes and speakers yourself were all about that. You know, how can I help you? In fact, that's really where the book Leading Women came from because when I was doing radio, I would say to women, how can I help you? And, mm-hmm. and this was almost, there would be almost dead silence. It would almost be like, what? You know, but then I'd hear a woman say, 
uh, or one, you know, one of my guests say, well, you mean you want to help me? And I say, yeah, absolutely. That's what I do. I help people. I help women to be successful. How can we help you to help fulfill your mission and, and fulfill your dreams? And, and something amazing happened is that, again, that inclusion and that cooperation, that collaboration began a whole different kind of relationship. And, it sure does. And I think it that's, sure does. That's again leading by example. Really is about relationships because without a positive relationship in the workplace, in any place, you're not going. You're you're not going to get the best out of people. You're not going to get. You're not. Mm-hmm. You're not, Nancy. And and what I tell when I'm talking to some of my customers and clients and trying to explain to them the value of us uniting as we do at the conference, I tell them it's like a cake. If you have all flour or flour and sugar, you got a mess. You have got to have your eggs, your flavoring, your sugar, your salt. You got to have a mixture, a diverse mix of ingredients to make a wonderful cake. And they're like, I get it. And I was like, try making a cake with just flour and sugar and see what you get. <laughs> I absolutely agree. Uh, you know, again, uh, the the book is wonderful. I think uh, you know you're, you're you've shared your story, and I re- I always think that's the important thing is, is the journey that we take and that how we uh, share. But I, the important part also is the networking that we do, and also the mentoring. I think this is a huge piece. But when we talk about mentoring, describe to me what you consider to be mentoring for for people that come into your life. Absolutely. I think, oh, I love this topic, Nancy. I hope I don't go out of, off on a tangent oh, because oh, one, of my, oh, <laughs> one of my findings in my research was, you know, I came up with four findings that if you do these four things, you are destined for success as, in leadership and advancing even to the C-suite. And that's building strategic relationships. Yeah. And building and build strategic relationship, mentor, of course, is one of them, mentor, sponsor, networking. And I feel the same about all of them is that it's a two-way street. You know, the way that you will get value and, and is to create a win-win situation, number one. Number two, when someone is doing something, mentor is like some, finding someone that can help you be better than you are by their expertise and advice at no cost. So when you are working with someone that they as busy as we are today, there's some key things you need to do to make it valuable for them since they're not getting paid. And if they agree to do it, of course, it's rewarding to them, but they still are very, very busy. So I would say the number one thing you should do when you find a mentor is your job is to make their job easier, right? Your job is to, to make their job easier. If someone is mentoring you, you understand what their schedule is, their life is, their work life is, and then you suggest a time to them where it would not be as difficult. Another thing to show a mentor that you value what they are doing and to make it rewarding for them for doing it is to follow their advice and act on it. No one wants to share advice with you and you just keep it in your head. You do nothing with it. You know, I tell a lot of people that don't don't even consider themselves as a mentor to me but are a mentor to me, I may email them or send them a little note and say, because of you, look at what I accomplished. 
That is the most rewarding thing. And so, and then finally, always try to get to know uh, a mentor. What is it about them? And do something for them. It could be something as small as I saw this article and I know that you are doing this because you told me about this. When you give to someone freely, you're giving freely, showing them that, that you are thinking of them and so thoughtful and grateful for what they are doing to help you, that's when you're creating a win-win, mutually beneficial relationship. Oh, yeah. No, no, I absolutely agree with that. Yeah, I mean, just just even asking also, well, you've helped me, and it's been such a tremendous, uh, it's helped me in so many ways to be successful and, and achieve my goals. Now, how can I help you? And this is Exactly. Yeah. I mean, exactly. I, I think that's what this is all about is that never forget who the people who have helped you. Never, ever forget the ones that have helped you achieve where you are. Take Give credit where credit is deserved. But again, I think that's the wonderful thing about this whole process. And I mean, I saw that at your conference over and over again, is that you could tell that, you know, I would hear someone saying, you know, you helped me with this, and this was great, and now what can I do for you? How can I help you? And I, and exactly. I, I think that is the, the most important thing about inclusion is that when, once you've included someone and you brought them into the, the, the inner circle or whatever you want to call it, then then it's also the chance, the opportunity to say, okay, now I have these resources and now I can help you. And and that goes on and on and on. And it just it's like the it's like throwing a stone in the pond and and that circle just keeps going out further and further and further. And your and your network just continues to grow. But mentoring is a two way process, isn't it? I mean you It got, is. You've got to find a mentor and be a mentor. I think That's I, right. I think it continues to be that process that you know, people that have think they know it all. <laughs> you know, they know it all. They've done it all. Uh, then they know. stop growing. Then yeah. they stop growing. Who wants to stop grow? Growing, and especially in this fast-paced world, things are going so fast. You know, I think I heard Joel Olstein say that one, what we used to accomplish in 10 years is now taking place in one year. We can barely keep up. So if someone thinks that they know it all in this world, yeah. Then they are they. I'm sorry to say it, but they, you know, a flower flower that doesn't grow does what? It dies. Okay. It dies. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're not dying, Sheila. We got lots. Of no. Growing. We got lots of growing to do. We're going to be the most amazing bouquet. We're going to be actually a whole. We're going to be a whole multiple of shops, floor shops. Oh, of, of all uh, over the world. That's exactly all over the world. You know, I think the time is is ripe. I think the time is now. I think, as you said, we can accomplish what might take several years. We can accomplish in in years now. I think that's where. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel more positive now than I ever have about women taking the reins and, and taking taking their hold and, and bringing their resources and their power to the to the forefront to make this world a better place. And and exactly. I, you know, the, the time is ripe. And I think leading and this is what I'm starting to talk more and more about too. And I know this you're very feminine. You're a very beautiful woman. You you've got style. You've got grace. But leading with the feminine, we get to be women now. We get to be exactly. women. Leading as women, we don't. I remember when I wore suits with the padded shoulders, and I wore a tie, 
And I mean, it, I almost chuckled to think back when I was working in this large healthcare system, what I must have looked like, you know. Trying I, to fit in. Trying, trying to, you know, <laughs> trying to be a guy. I yeah. A woman trying to succeed by leading as a man. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it doesn't work. It does it not does work. It does not work. It does not work. And you talk about the authentic self. If we don't bring the authentic self to the forefront and we don't show up with who we are, we're not going to be successful. No, not at all. And um, I I, I did want to add one more thing to the mentor thing. A lot of people think that they don't have anything to give because they, you know, we generally find someone that's more advanced, that has more experience. And so sometimes you feel like, well, what do I have to give that person? It is always something you can give. I asked Dr. Maya Angelo at her kitchen table, what can I do for you? What can I do? Never assume that there is not one thing that you can't do for anyone. If there is nothing you can do Always ask and be willing. And her response to me was to keep doing what you're doing. Don't stop. And that pushed me. You know, if that's what you want, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. If that is what I can do for you, I will keep doing what I'm doing. Yeah. Well, affirmation is a wonderful thing. I mean, again, sometimes, you know, uh, the other thing I, I, I want to see more and more happen is women celebrating their accomplishments. I hope you have gone out and had a huge party after you, I mean, I hope you had a huge celebration, a huge party after you received your doctor because I think that's the one thing women also have to do. They have to learn to celebrate themselves more often and really celebrate their accomplishments because I think, you know, and, and I've, I've been bad about this too, uh, that, you know, give me the award, I hand, you hand it to me, I put it on the shelf and I go, okay, what's next? So I think that's the other part, which is, tooting your horn, but also celebrating who you are and what you've accomplished, I think is so extremely important. Well, you know something so fascinating. It's funny you say that. Now more and more women are like us instead of the women that we talked about earlier asking, why are you doing this? More and more women are like the Dr. Nancy O'Reilly and Sheila Robinson because the CEO of Celebrity Cruise Lines wants to celebrate me and honor me on one of her ships where she knighted a captain. And you will, you will be receiving an invitation for a 100 of my uh, customers and special guests. Uh, and this is going to be uh, in Boston. And you will get the invitation, and you will not want to miss the, the CEO of Celebrity Cruise Line um, honoring another woman for her accomplishment. Is that not amazing? Oh, no, that's that's exactly what I what I love about it. Well, India, one of the things that happened on a day-to-day basis were awards, awards celebrating these women. And, and you would hear these women and what they'd accomplished, and every one of those stories were just, you were just like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. But anyway, well, your conference is coming up, and I'm excited. Uh, I'm looking at it right now, 2016 the National Diversity Women's Business Leadership Conference in Baltimore, Maryland. What do we need to know about that? Well, what you need to know is we have um, the president of uh, Intel Foundation. We have 
um, the president of uh, ADECO, Joyce Russell, who's phenomenal. We have the wonderful Dr. Nancy O'Reilly. We have uh, Dr. Suzanne Wasik. We have a, we're going to have a room full of thought leaders and experts nationally and globally. Our theme of this conference is no more glass ceiling, no more. Our workshops are going to be on dispelling myths. We're going to have chief diversity officers coming from major corporations like Starbucks and, um, and Target and McDonald's talking about what uh, organizational barriers they have rid of, that, that why that they have organizations that are advancing more women. And then we're going to have breakouts where we can get ideas, solutions, and resources, a toolkit, really a toolkit on how what we need to do to advance, what we need to do be, to become better women leaders, and we'll be able to take walk away these wonderful resources as we go back into our workplace and businesses to be better us. And then we're going to have great networking and fellowship, uh, great food, and, um, you know, a beautiful venue. So I just look forward to you being there, Dr. Uh, Nancy O'Reilly, and I look forward to any of your your listeners uh, that want more information, they can go to www.diversitywoman.com. Well, you you know that uh, we are going to promote your conference, and the one thing also women will, will walk away from, and I can guarantee this without any doubt in my mind, is that they will walk away feeling so good about themselves. And I think that's the key, is that we as women have to celebrate ourselves, but we have to take good care of ourselves. And this is the kind of conference, when you attend it, you feel like you've really, really gotten a, a, a real shot of, of courage, of energy, of passion to keep you going in, the, in, in being, the, being the best in your life that you can possibly be. So I encourage everyone to attend your conference in Baltimore, Maryland. Well, thank you. But as, as like we said earlier, all of us together make that event what it is, and it's us uniting as women and women who want to support each other that creates the true success of that event. Yeah. Well, I know as much as I give, I'll get back, and I think that's the key is that we're, when we're giving something, we're also receiving something, so that's the wonderful thing. Well, I'm excited. Uh, your book is great. Read it. Lead by example. It's a very practical book. It has lots of great solutions, but it also has a lot of food for thought for women to think about. And I think dispelling these myths is so very, very important is that we we do educate more women and say, hey, wait a minute. When we get together and when we join with one another, anything is possible. So we are the only ones that could break down the barriers. But I know that there are more and more of us <laughs> that are out there doing that. So I am That's so right. encouraged and so excited about today and tomorrow. Well, the book is available on Amazon.com. And the magazine, Diversity Woman, is available in select Barnes & Nobles if any of your uh, listeners are interested in it. And details on all of these, including the conference, can be found on diversitywoman.com. And I'm grateful for you for acknowledging my work and uh, giving me an opportunity to share some of my work with your uh, listening audience. 
Well, you're you're just a as you said, kindred souls. We're just on the same page, and I'm I'm so excited about what you're doing. And once again, congratulations on on getting your doctorate, Dr. Sheila Robinson. Doesn't that sound fantastic? When you it hear sounds it? wonderful. <laughs> Thank you so very much. Well, I will be in touch, and we will promote your book, and we will promote your conference. And I can't wait to, to bring us all together. And so there's more and more us doing it. So All right. Dr. Sheila Robinson, thank you so much for your time and your passion and your drive to make this world a better place. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. All right. All right. Have a great day. Bye-bye.